hello there, everybody. This is Alex Leva. I serve as one of the pastors here at City Light South. It's a joy uh, to get started kind of on this uh, journey that we've been walking through as we read the Bible in a year together as our church family. I'm super stoked to just see what the Lord does in the life of our hearts and our minds as we dive into his word and just learn from him. Uh, today, we're going to recap what we've read for uh, week three. Uh, so we're going to really look at Genesis 18 to 26 um, and just kind of discuss those. But today to talk with me, I've got my good friend Hayden. Hayden, do you want to share a little bit about yourself before we get rolling? Yeah, uh, my name is Hayden and I'm the high school director here at City Light South. Um, so yeah, thanks for let, just doing this and leading our church through um the whole story of the Bible. I think it's a super cool and needed thing. It's something that God has just drawn a love um, in my heart for. And so, yeah, I'm excited to just walk through these like really straightforward, simple passages, <laughs> these chapters that just are really clear to everyone. Yes, they're super, super clear, super straightforward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Hayden, man, I would love for you if you could maybe just give us uh, a general recap narrative of the story from Genesis 18 all the way through 26. Yeah, so basically up to this point, um, we've kind of been just getting the general story of humanity, right? And after the flood, Noah and his sons kind of um, begin having a family, and Abraham is chosen by God just to um, be God's chosen guy like we don't really have any reason why but um that's just what it is so we start to just kind of follow the story of abraham and his family for the rest of genesis um and so starting in 18 we we get just this um moment where three three men of the lord show up at abraham's place and he welcomes them in and they tell him hey you're gonna you're gonna have a son by your wife sarah even though she's really old and then um abraham is kind of hanging out with these guys and they're like man sodom and gomorrah it's a rough place over there um should we should we hide what we're about to do from Abraham? And Abraham has this cool dialogue with him that I'm sure we'll get into more. But um, yeah, they kind of bring Abraham in on that. And then they go to Sodom and Gomorrah and um, go to Lot's house. And Lot takes them in in a similar way that Abraham did. Um, but it's it's clear like just the men of that town are deeply, deeply wicked. And so um, God he um, brings the judgment that he told uh, Abraham that he was going to bring on it, but he spares Lot um, and brings him out of the city. And so then um, Abraham does this weird thing where he tells Abimelech that Sarah is his uh, sister and it causes some weird stuff, but God, <laughs> God intervenes and Abraham's like, Oh, I didn't lie to you. She really is my sister. And Abimelech's like, okay. Um, but, but then, um, yeah, then Isaac is born and God's promise that he promised back in um, chapter 18 is fulfilled and so we see, yeah, just God's God's promises being fulfilled um, in Isaac and um, him beginning to have this family. And 
Then Abraham um, makes a covenant with Abimelech and treats him a little bit better than he did last time, um, which is just cool to see. And, and so there's some the, some peace that um, is brought about in the midst of that. And then we get that famous but troubling story of God calling on Abraham to give Isaac as an offering to himself. Um, but of course, Abraham goes up the mountain, um, and just as he's about to um, obey God, God stops him and says, no, I'm going to provide um, a different offering for you, um, and now I know that you have true faith in me. Um, and so then after that, Sarah dies, and Abraham buries her um, in in this field that he buys from the people that he's living around. Um, And then we get the story of Abraham kind of commissioning one of his servants to find a wife for his son, Isaac. And um, it's a really cool story of God's just faithfulness and some boldness on the behalf of this servant um, that is sent out from Abraham. And so Rebecca is found and brought back to Isaac and um, they get married and then Abraham dies. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get this genealogy, uh, a couple of genealogies of Ishmael and Isaac, the two sons of Abraham. And we're starting to kind of see this population grow and grow like, like God said it was going to. Um, and then we begin kind of the story of Isaac being the man of the house, so to speak. And he kind of <laughs> just seems to do all the same things that his dad did, um, and be weird to Abimelech and say the stuff about being his sister. Um, and God continues just to resolve it, um, <laughs> in crazy ways. But yeah, that's kind of where it ends. Wow, that's a great recap. Thanks, Hayden. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot there that goes on in the span of just uh, the eight or so chapters that we read for this week, church. And so uh, we just kind of want to ask three questions as we walk through this together, me and Hayden. Uh, the three questions are, what does the text say? What does it mean? And how does it apply to us today? Those are three questions to maybe ask yourself each time you sit down, open your Bible and read to uh, just ask yourself that those questions. Hey, what does the scripture actually say? Make some observations of what you see and then move on towards, well, let's dive in a little more into what does it mean uh, so we can understand the meaning of the actual passage And then we walk towards application because if we skip over what it says and what it means, then we're just trying to grasp stuff out of context that we don't know what it actually uh, was meant to say. And we just kind of pull towards ourselves. So as we walk through these uh, uh, chapters a little bit more slowly or just share some verses that stuck out to us as we read, uh, we just want to make sure that we answer those three questions to properly see what God is actually telling us about himself in the midst of that. So, Hayden, you look like you're looking something up. You got something to go along um, with that, or yeah, I mean, I one thing that just I don't know. We're probably jumping a little too far, but um, <laughs> as I was thinking through these passages, um, one of the things that seems to be just a continued theme through this story 
is where Abraham and his family are putting their faith. Mm. Um, and there's kind of testing moments. And obviously it culminates in Abraham's call to faith to be obedient to offering up his one and only son, which is kind of the hinge of God's promise to him. And yeah. so it's, yeah, it's it's crazy, but it's this moment that reveals that Abraham has found true faith that God is able to accomplish what he says he will, um, no matter what, and that, and that, that God is good in that. Um, and so it just reminded me of Hebrews 11, um, where it talks about, all these people who have faith in in God and kind of what it looks like and how how it looks um, for them to trust God and consider Him faithful and good and then take action um, based on that faith and so I think it, that's just kind of one theme that stuck out stuck out to me in the midst of this and we see how that faith develops in Abraham really explicitly um, throughout all that. So maybe Hebrews 11 is a good place to kind of just go and sit with it and compare it to these stories because it is a place in the New Testament where someone is reflecting on these stories in light of Christ, which is cool. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Also, uh, you saying that, mentioning all of that, made me think of one of my memory verses, which is Romans 4, verses 20 to 22, um, as it's talking about Abraham and Sarah and the birth of Isaac and uh, just the truth that Abraham really trusts who God is and what he says. Uh, Romans 4, 20 to 22 says, He did not waver in unbelief at God's promises, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God because he was fully convinced that what God had promised he could also, or he was also able to do. Therefore, it was count, it was credited to him for righteousness. So we totally see that lived out in Abraham's life here in these verses. It's just he trusts the Lord and God provides a son. But um, yeah, we got sidetracked a little bit, but that's all right. Uh, so let's get back to maybe um, Abraham's three visitors, chapter 18. Hayden, anything uh, that just as you walk through chapter 18 kind of stuck out to you um, that really just opened your eyes to see the Lord in a beautiful way or questions maybe? Yeah, one thing that I think is just a beautiful thing in this is just the continued story of God coming to his people. Um, and in the beginning of this section, yeah, we see him come in the form of these three messengers. Um, and even though Abraham has not had faith really yet in God, you know, we see that culminate and, and he like messes up a ton of times yeah. and like tries to be tricky and tries to rely mm-hmm. on himself Yet God continues to come to Abraham and and bring him in. And I just think that's such good news for us that um, we have a God who um, doesn't just have, say, like one strike, you're out, two strikes, three strikes. Like he continues to pursue us and, um, and yeah, uses what is going on to just great greater our faith, I guess. Yeah, I think that's it's cool just to see how that happens in Abraham's life here. That is sweet. Yeah, I, I I think of this small section in chapter 18 where Sarah laughs, um, where like God tells them, like the messengers tell Abraham that they're going to have a son. 
uh, in a year's time or so. And uh, she like hears from the background and like laughs at him. And then they confront her and say, why are you laughing? Why are you mocking God, basically? Uh, and then she like lies. She totally just goes, no, I wasn't laughing. Uh, but later, right, we see that once she does have a son uh, in chapter 21, we totally see that response like her actually acknowledged that she did laugh and it starts in verse one the lord came to sarah as he had said and the lord did for sarah what he had promised so it just starts with like god's just total answer of what he promised and he always is faithful to what he promises and so um we even just see the lord even in the midst of um her mocking and laughing and her not really trusting god uh, that he still is faithful to what he promises to yeah. his people. Yeah, and and he flips it around too and names Isaac laughter and then Sarah's like people will laugh with joy and just like amazement. You know, it, yeah. it's just cool to see how God flips that like unbelief around, put, you know, brings his people along and then flips it into faith that brings him glory. I mean, it's so cool. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. I think I think it's one thing that I just thought was key um, to understand this whole section. First of all, like reading the whole section together was really helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Like when I was reading it day by day, I was like, man, this stuff is just tough. Um, yeah. And so I spent some time just listening to the whole thing on audio. And mm-hmm. then you start to kind of put all the pieces together and you see that narrative of God just working on Abraham's heart to produce the faith um that we that kind of is the climax of this section um so maybe that's just one encouragement for people if you're like what is this story talking about you know bring in the rest that you'd been um reading and give it some context and so i think in um chapter 18 the lord says shall i hide from abraham what i'm about to do since he's going to be this great nation and we've chosen him to keep his household in the way of doing righteousness and justice and so as i clued into that i was like okay so god is choosing abraham to be this family of righteousness and justice and then when you put that lens on and read the rest of the stories all these stories are stories of Abraham Abraham having to grapple with righteousness and justice around him and learning how to trust God in that. Um, and, and we see then just God having to be committed to his partnership with humanity and how he is willing to do that. Like Lot is saved out of Sodom and Gomorrah because of the love that Abraham has for Lot later on. Um, yeah, in chapter 19, verse 29, it says, Thus it came about when God destroyed the cities of the valley that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow, and he overthrew the cities in which Lot lived. Yeah. And so, like, Abraham's intercession for and his love for Lot is what God kind of, hearkens to here as the reason that he saves lot out and so it's just like this profound mystery that god is helping abraham and working on him in terms of how to be a just god follower and a righteous man of god and also bringing him in and saying like i am giving you partnership in this Mm. and it's tough because then Lot's or daughters do this weird thing that we wish they wouldn't do, yeah. and these these um, 
people are born the Moabites and the Ammonites who end up being enemies of Israel for the rest of the story. And so, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. God knows that, but he's still, he's willing to partner with Abraham in that um, for whatever reason, just God has a greater knowledge and a greater will than we can. And I think that's, that's a lot of what I just continue to come back to is Abraham having to reckon with that, that we're partners with him on mission and yet God is sovereign and faithful and Mm. that works together somehow. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Even to go along with all of that up in uh, chapter 19, verse 16, uh, it's talking about God getting lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah, but he, uh, verse 16, it says, but he hesitated because of the Lord's compassion for him, for Lot, right? The men grabbed his hand, his wife's hand and the hands of his two daughters. And they brought him out and left him outside the city. Like even when he's still wanting to cling on to where he was living and the lifestyle maybe that he had in the midst of that city and town, um, God still was, kind and gracious enough and had compassion for him because of Moses, uh, because of Abraham's intercession and even God's affection for Lot uh, to just grab them by the hands and say, like, I'm literally saving you. I'm getting you out of here. Um, And so it was just beautiful uh, to really sit in those verses. This uh, just as we were reading this week, I just saw that in a new light and it really stuck out to me how even when we right are stuck in our sin and dead in our trespasses against the lord he is so kind he is so gracious he's so compassionate towards us and has a deep love for us that he sent his son jesus to literally grab us and to save us and to pull us out of our sin so that we could have salvation through faith and and trust in who jesus is and what he's done for us and we see like the connections to jesus multiple times uh, through just this week's reading. Hayden, was there any anywhere else where maybe you saw something like that in this week's reading? Um, I mean, obviously, I think the section about Isaac and just the offering up in chapter 22, I mean, he, he says where, well, let me see if I can find it, but basically God says, you know, you did not withhold your one and only son from me. And I think just that there's the comparison there that we have greater light on that God did not withhold his mm. one and only son. Yeah. And, but instead he um, poured himself out for like what you said to, to snatch us out of the grips of sin yeah. and death. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's one place that I saw Christ in this. Um, what about you? What are, what are some places that you saw um, just Jesus being kind of illuminated in in all this section yeah that's a great great question uh isaac is definitely uh, a big piece especially in the sacrifice chapter like you were saying i i keyed in on something that um was just interesting as they like are getting to chop up the wood and um you know they they obviously are carrying all of this and then Abraham tells everyone else who's with them, whether it's just one of the, I don't remember if it's just one person or not that's traveling with them to uh, the mountain. But Abraham says, hey, it's just going to be me and my son and we're going up there. And it clearly looks like they're making a sacrifice. And I just can't imagine what was going through Isaac's mind as he's climbing up the mountain 
and goes, what is going to happen? Then his own father ties him, right? And says, okay, you're going to be the sacrifice. Um, And Isaac maybe didn't see the whole picture, but Jesus saw the whole picture. Jesus knew what he was going to do over and over again through the Gospels. We see him clearly tell the disciples that he's going to die and raise on the third day. Um, And Jesus did that for us, right? That Jesus uh, did that so that we could have life with him. Uh, And so Isaac's almost that that Jesus-like figure that we kind of see, the typology that we see in this section, um, just very clearly uh, out in the open for us to read and just kind of have our eyes opened to. I feel like there's many more that I'm just not thinking of. I'm flipping through my pages here as I... uh, highlighted some things that appeared to me but yeah one thing that i think is cool in this section too um is i I was talking with my wife sydney about this and she was like man i kind of wish that i could just have sometimes that that blind faith that it seems like abraham has Mm -hmm. in in god that he would just willingly walk up this mountain and sacrifice um isaac and, and I think this section is helpful to uncover that it wasn't actually a blind faith that mm, Abraham had. Yeah. It was a considered faith. And I, and I think that's Ooh. one thing that we see revealed in that Hebrews section in um, Hebrews eleven nineteen. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. And so I, I just think that's so cool, a great reflection from the author of Hebrews and, and inspired by God that he's saying like, Abraham, first we see that he said, hey, he's going to provide the lamb, the, the sacrifice, um, which maybe that's another pointing forward to Christ too. But then Hebrews is like, and no matter what, God Abraham considered after all this, this like eight chapters that we're reading reading here of just wrestling with God's faithfulness and with God's goodness and his sovereignty, Abraham has come to a point where he can say, God is asking this thing of me, but I know that his promises are true. I've mm. seen them come true now, especially in Isaac. And so his promises are going to continue to be true. Yeah. So even if I do walk up this mountain and God literally does take Isaac from me, I consider him, I, I reason that God could raise the dead um, and continue his promise in mm. that. And so I just think, yeah, in this like, we, I think we sometimes think that like Abraham's just this model of, of faith in God, but it came from a result of just wrestling with him in all this. And, and so it's not, it's no longer, or it never was a blind faith in God, but a, a considered faith. Yeah, and, and I think good. that's tough for us um, because I think sometimes we do think of faith as just like a, well, I'm just going to trust God, you know, I don't know why, but I think God is asking us to consider him faithful because Hmm. of what he's done. Um, So that's one thing that, yeah, I just take from this section. Yeah. And even just thinking that, like even taking it a step further for us, because we have God's beautiful revelation in the scriptures that we can't 
uh, or we can we can consider God faithful, but even more so, we see that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. Not even just considering it, but knowing it. Yeah. And one thing to highlight just before we close here is God shows himself faithful for us to see over and over again through these chapters. We see God repeat his covenant promise to Abraham that he will make you know his name great and that he will have an offspring uh, as numerous as the stars. He kind of uses that same language over and over again as he repeats it to, to Abraham. But then he also repeats it to Isaac too. Uh, in chapter 26, in verse, what is that? Verse three, he says, for I will give all of these lands to you and your offspring and I will confirm the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. Then he says it again a couple of verses later in that same chapter, verse uh, 24. He says, don't be afraid for I'm with you. I will bless you and multiply your offspring because of my servant, Abraham. Uh, so God continues to just, uh, remind his people of his promises and he's true to those promises. Um, as we saw with, uh, Abraham and Sarah and get, you know, the giving of Isaac and, and, uh, also like providing the sacrifice so that Isaac could continue to live and also have an offspring. And then as we'll see in the coming, uh, days and weeks, as we move forward, how God continues to just, uh, make the nation great. Um, and so I'm excited for what we're going to continue reading. Hayden, thanks so much for, uh, just studying with me alongside and talking about this and sharing, uh, what the Lord has taught you, uh, over the week as you uh, stepped into our Bible reading plan as a church. Church, we don't simply want this to be something uh, as a podcast or the video. So the hope is that we'll kind of alternate a video, maybe one week, short little five-minute video that we post on the Facebook. um, And then... Uh, the podcast every other week as well to kind of balance. We we did the vote on Facebook and Instagram and it was kind of split half and half pretty much. And so figured we could do both and just uh, keep at it that way. But if if the Lord's teaching you, if you're uh, walking alongside the Bible reading plan in a year with our church, we'd love to actually have you share what God is teaching you and uh, how he's growing you uh, as you read through the Bible this year with us. So if you're interested on being on the podcast or doing one of those short videos uh, for the recap for to share with the rest of the church. Uh, you can email me. Let me know. I would love to go through this with you uh, and just have our whole church share with one another what God's doing. We may not be able to get to absolutely everyone uh, if we get a huge influx of people, but don't please don't make that. Please don't shy away just simply because of that. But uh, we do want to share with everyone how God is working in all of our hearts. So email me, Alex at CityLightSouth.Church. Uh, we love you guys. Grateful for you guys. Hope the Lord uses this to encourage you in your walk with Christ and that he would continue to just speak to you as we dive into his word together and that he'd grow our church to maturity, right? Amen. Amen. All right. See you later, church. We love you guys. See you.